and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness, and you're tuned in to Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki, and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women and men in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talent. Our motto, Sisters in Music, together we are stronger. Originally from New York City, today's guest is a singer-songwriter with roots in musical theater. Her pop rock style is influenced by elements of the 2000s era with a modern edge. Working with numerous bands around the tri-state area, she has performed at some of the most legendary music venues in New York City, such as Mercury Lounge, The Duplex, The Bitter End, and Webster Hall. She released her second EP, Back from the Dead, in March of 2023. I am so excited to share her with you because she is absolutely awesome. So please join me in welcoming Lindsay Benjamin. Lindsay, nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too, and I'm really excited to share you and your music with our listeners. I am absolutely in love with your music. I am in love with your voice. So let's get things started. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, tell us how you got started in music. Oh, goodness. I think I came out of the womb singing. I'm pretty sure (laughs) I kind of came out with musical notes in my head. Since I was born, I started in theater when I was a kid. My mom put me in musical theater camp, and my first show was Mary Poppins, and I was a singing farm animal. From there on out, I just started performing. I got an agent when I was old enough, and then I was starting my own band when I was a little older and writing my own music. It's just been in my blood. It's just always been in my blood. There's nothing more consistent in my life than music. Music never lets me down. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I've been hearing that type of similar passion from a lot of the artists that I've recently talked to. And I think it's really, really cool that everybody is saying, you know, this is what I've always wanted to do and that's what I'm doing. So it's fantastic. Absolutely love it. I mentioned earlier in the introduction that, you know, I love your music. I love your musical style. It's one of the genres that actually is is one that I listen to quite frequently. What do you feel sets your music apart from everyone else, though? That's always the tough question, I think, when you ask someone, you know, what sets you apart? I think it's really your originality and who you are, what makes you unique. And my music genre... I have to be honest, I've always kind of been confused on what my genre is because sometimes I don't write things that belong in a box. So I write from experiences that I have in my life and I write from my heart. And sometimes the music can be more rock. Sometimes it can be more kind of theatrical. Sometimes it can be more pop. And I've actually had people I know be like, well, what's your identity? musically and I remember thinking I'm not really sure because I don't write my music based on 
an identity. I write just based on what's coming from my heart. And sometimes that doesn't lean in one direction. But I think what makes me unique musically is that my music is more versatile and that I have the ability to be flexible as an artist. It's very interesting because I like to say I'm multi-genre, right? Because I get the same question, you know, from a lot of people. What is your identity? There are certain types of music that I know I won't do just because my voice tone doesn't match. Trust me, there's a couple where I'm like, nah, never going to happen. But yeah, it's very difficult from the music industry that they like to pigeonhole you and stick you in. Well, you're a pop artist or you do rock or, you know, you do country. It's almost stifling. At least I have found yeah, that. Does. So, yes. And I would think that your tonality and the type of music that you do as well, you're probably hitting some of the same challenges. And unfortunately, you know, the music industry just hasn't caught up. They haven't caught up with people like us because they can't put us in a box. Yeah. And I remember years ago, I had a music manager who was a friend of mine. He would sit me down and, you know, he would talk to me and say, Lindsay, I think that you should consider doing your music this way because you're very talented and I like the music that you have, but it's not going to be good enough for industry standards. And I remember sitting down with him and saying to him, dead in his face, I said, I understand that and I hear you, but I'm not changing who I am to fit in some mold because at the end of the day, what's meant for me in my journey is going to happen. And I don't want to be an artist that has to be molded. I want to feel free enough to be able to create something that actually is meaningful to me personally and to others who find it relatable to themselves. And not saying that if you're an artist that was developed, that you don't have the same personal experience relating to your, your music, but I didn't want to basically step on my own morals to fit into what happens within the music industry, which is not always necessarily great either in some ways. Yep, I completely agree. And I've done that as well, too. I actually just did it recently where somebody was pushing me to do a certain type of album and it would have forced me to rebrand myself. And I said, you know what? No, not doing it because I don't want to be pigeonholed by just only doing that particular type of music going forward because I get really boring and I don't want to be stuck in that space. So I love that. I love yeah, and true I think, authenticity, being yourself. Yeah, and I also think that the problem with the conversation I had with this, this music manager all those years ago was there was also this aspect of if you do this, and I'm going to bring up something that might happen in the industry. I mean, it's talked about in Hollywood and with celebrities, but there was a notion of kind of like a sexual, you might get kind of a approach for sexual encounters and maybe that would help boost your career and I just remember thinking to myself oh my god like what what 
what am I doing sitting in this chair right now? Because if that's what works for one person, that, that's just not what I would ever want to do. So even if that would make me never get to where I want to be, I would still never want to put myself in a position where I was unsafe and have to provide that sort of experience to someone just to get my music heard. I know it happens, and it's really sad that it happens. I couldn't even believe what I was hearing, honestly, when I heard it, but I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, I think we've all had the sexism comments. I'm actually, as of late, getting a lot of ageism within the industry, specifically women. Not so much. Yes, not so much men, or men is non-existent. Anyway, a lot of challenges that still exist, but we could go on and on and on about that. I think I need to have a show about that <laughs> yeah. and just, like, have, like, a panel discussion about some of the challenges. That's like a show waiting to happen. So I know. It's, it's a lot. It's a heavy conversation. It is. It is. I mean, you know, Me Too movement, right? It's still prevalent. I mean, it still goes on today. We know it. We know it does. Huge. I don't think it's there's. Huge. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any any year where I'm not at an event or a party or something like that where there isn't some type of connotation or write out sexual innuendo. I literally think every single year I've I've had at least one instant, which is yeah, bad. that that doesn't surprise me. Society wants to paint this picture of everyone empowering women, but women are still getting broken down into pieces. If you saw the Barbie movie and you saw the speech that America Ferreira made in the movie, then I just remember watching the movie and and thinking, this is exactly how we feel as women. You want us to look beautiful, but not too beautiful. You want us to wear a pretty dress, but it can't be too short and it can't show too much cleavage. So it's the same in the music industry. It's like you have to look this one way, but you don't want to look too much that way because then you don't want to get the wrong audience. I mean, it's it's, it's something we could talk about for hours. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, well, let's change the subject because yeah. you, do have a, you do have a musical theater background, but obviously you do different type of music. So who are some of your musical influences that you draw from when you create some of your compositions or songs? I love L. King. I think L. King is a great artist. I love Adele. I love Demi Lovato's experiences that she's had in her life as she's gone through hardships. I think it's been pretty cool for me to watch her grow up. I mean, I think she's only a couple years younger than me, but it's been pretty cool to watch her grow up. And some of the songs that she writes, I've just always been so inspired by them because to me, there's always been this truth behind it, these hardships, this trauma. So I definitely really like her music a lot and that's been inspiring as well. There's so many. I mean, how do you even choose Stevie Nicks? Yes. Yes, one of my faves. I mean, I can go on and on. Awesome. But the ones that you picked are actually really, really great. And I agree with, like, Demi Lovato, definitely a lot of her real-life experiences, how she turned some of those challenges into some of the songs that she's come up with. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. 
And it's definitely a really cool thing to see. You know, she's gone through a lot of transitions in her life, and she's gone through a lot of changes in her identity, and that showcases in her music. And I think we're very different people, but it's similar to my experience. The music I was writing at 15, 16, and the person I was in my 20s isn't the person that I am now. And my music is shaped based on the life that I've lived up to this point. Love it. Love it. Well, this is a perfect segue for us to share one of the songs that you brought with you. Could you tell us a little bit about Back from the Dead? I love the title of this. What inspired (laughs) this song? Back from the Dead. So I was... You know, COVID happened. COVID was a tough time for everyone. And I was living in New York, my from New York my whole life. And I wrote this song called Ghosts of Me. And when I wrote that song, I was probably in the darkest place I'd ever been. When COVID first happened, I viewed it as like, oh, it's going to be a blank slate. I could start over. I can start fresh. But when there was no end in sight, I became extremely depressed, something that I don't typically deal with and I was in a very dark place and it was I remember sitting in my shower crouching down and thinking I really need help I was having dark thoughts and I just couldn't stop them so I wrote the song Ghost of Me and then when I decided to make the move from New York to Florida I experienced my life here for the first year into my second year and I just felt inspired and I felt a lot of internal growth and I was coming out of that sadness and I got help and I was just feeling free and the back from the daddy P was inspired by that feeling of coming into myself as a woman becoming the woman I've always wanted to be the woman that I have admired in others that I see in my world and my my network and it's a song about coming out of a depression and coming into myself and my power and taking it back, taking back what I let fall onto the ground. Well, it is an absolutely awesome track, and we are going to put it on for everybody. So here it is. This is Back from the Dead by Lindsay Benjamin.
love the grit in your voice. And it's funny that you mentioned Stevie Nicks because I was getting a little Stevie vibe when I heard yeah. your vocal tone. <laughs> yes. So awesome. And you do something very similar that I do with voice as well, with grit. And not, there's not a lot of us singers out there that can get that grit. So I was thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that because I'm like yes another person that can give me some grit because I absolutely because yeah. King does that too she's got that tone as well so she does. it's an awesome yes, track yes 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 because I like her too I, I think I'm drawn to that tonal quality with you know that oomph that little bit of grit to me it shows power it shows power because you can be gritty, but you can also be soft, which is very unique. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah, there's something about, you know, jazzy. There's like a blues. There's a jazz thing you can do with that grit sound with that rasp. It's, it's sexy. I think it's sexy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, nice job. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's talk about <laughs> bandmates. Because it sounds like you might actually have had some challenges, maybe finding people to play with, making sure that they're not so, like, flaky or so on and so forth. you want to <laughs> talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. I've, I've been very lucky in, in my experience in New York. I had a lot of musicians that would play my gigs for me. And I was never a musician that had a band. I'm a solo act, but I have professional musicians that I play with at my shows. For a while, it was the same musicians. And then, you know, it was different because a lot of them are playing at different gigs, you know, throughout the year with other bands or other projects. And I wasn't playing out enough where it affected me to a high enough level. I was kind of playing here and there because when you're an underground musician and you're not really known, you're kind of paying your way to get to a point where you get paid for the work you do. And I know a lot of people don't like the idea of pay to play, but unfortunately sometimes the only way to get yourself out there is to invest. I see it as an investment. And then, you know, more musicians will see you and they'll want to work with you. And then, you know, eventually you'll get that moment where someone's like, I want to hire you to play this venue. So when I moved to Florida, the music scene down here is extremely different than New York. I actually find it quite difficult in Florida to find musicians that are interested in pursuing more long-term projects. And a lot of the music down in Florida is cover bands, so they, they don't really do a lot of original music down here. Whether people sing originals or not, it's not something that's typically played out at the bars that I've seen. So I've found a few musicians that I am excited to work with. I feel lucky that I found them, but at the end of the day, until you really build that solid, trusting relationship with people, it's hard to know what's going to happen. So I think finding musicians that actually want to be a part of something, that's just difficult in general. People get excited, but then they don't follow through. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's 
even just a Florida thing because I see that challenge here in North Carolina also because I actually am part of a, a local band and well we're actually stopping because we can't consistently find you know people to stay in the band now we oh. do a blend we do a mix <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. It's, yeah it's challenging because like we we do a mix of cover songs plus originals which tends to work but not always, right? Yeah, it's kind of strange that they focus primarily at least a lot of the venues on cover material. That almost makes it very difficult for artists to expand their fan base if they do a lot of it's, original yeah. music, if it's hard to get stuff. Yeah. It is difficult hmm. because I actually had a conversation with someone a month ago, and he said to me, I just went to this local bar near where I live and the guy that was singing on stage was singing his own original music. And I just, I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to hear something I know. And I said to him, you are the problem. You are the reason that original music in Florida is so hard to come by because you don't want to hear anything. You just want to hear all the music, you know, and I get it. Covers are fun. I do. I get that. I like them too. But I also want to hear original art. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a New York thing, an L.A. thing, Nashville only, but it seems like the smaller, well, Florida's not a small state, but it seems like, you know, smaller towns, just they just don't want to hear new stuff. They're set in their ways. They want to hear what they know and what they like. Well, they're missing out, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. are. They are. People, you don't want to hear original music, you're missing out. You're missing out. That original could be the next great cover song in a couple of years. You never I, know, right? 100%, it's possible. 100%. 100%. Yes. So what about, and this is a great, great topic because I know it can be challenging. I hit it all the time. Do you feel that artists as a whole, let's even trim it down. Let's just say other women artists, because I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think that other women artists really support each other, or is everybody just an opportunist out for themselves? How do you feel that we as women support each other? Because I actually would really like to hear your opinion on this because I have obviously have my own opinion on it, but I'd like to hear this, yours. This is a touchy subject because I don't think it's so black and white. I think that women want to feel that they're supportive of other women, but that doesn't mean that they are in reality. It's like when a woman who doesn't have a lot of female friends wants to make more female friends. Well, what's the reason behind why she has a hard time making those female friends? Is it because there's a lack of support coming from her to others? So I don't think that women aren't supportive of other women in music, but inherently I think there's always going to be some form of, I don't want to use the word jealousy because, I just think there's such a negative correlation with that word, but I definitely think if you are kind of in awe of someone or maybe you aren't feeling happy about 
yourself or where you're at in your life, you tend to kind of end up in turn being more negative towards another woman without even maybe consciously realizing it. And I know women who are in music, and what's really interesting is I don't know that any of us are actually, at least the ones I've met here in Florida, I don't know that we're actually that close. I think I've I've tried to be close with them, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of women, and I, again, this is just from my experience, they're in it for themselves depending on their own career. They maybe, oh God, it's, it's so great to me. It's not such an easy question to answer. Yeah, but you kind of hit on it a little bit. I mean, I have seen, let's just take the whole Sisters in Music platform. We do a lot of things to promote women, work with, with women, workshops, you know, performance opportunities and things like that. And I have seen even other women artists in our own circle, and when I say we, Natalie, Jean, and myself, it, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're in competition with us, right? Like yes, there yes. are people that yes. are in, like, our little musical circle that we know quite well that one would even call them a friend, but we still see this whole competition aspect where I sit there and I'm like, okay, you know, a win for you is a win for me. Uh, You know, yay, congratulations. Is it really that hard for you to say it back? You know, is it really that hard for you to help cross-promote when somebody has a new album out or somebody releases a new song or somebody won an award? Is it really that hard for you to just put a little, like, you know, heart emoji or something like that on wherever it is, but it's a struggle and I can't understand why that happens, especially with some of the things that we talked about earlier, right? There is still a lot of disparity and a lot of challenges that women need to overcome in the music industry. I don't understand why we're not just all like, you know, banding together and be like, all right, let's well take this thing, you know? I agree with you. I just maybe in I think that women, like I said, they just they want to feel like they're supportive of other women. They do. I mean, I support I love all my female friends. I I would do anything for them. The ones that I know and that I care about and you know, I care about the world. Like I care about different things in the world. I care about different people I meet. But the reality is is that I don't know if some people are capable or have the capacity to feel happy for others if they're not happy with themselves. And I don't know if it's a woman thing or if it's people thing, because I know men that can feel competition with women too. So it's what have I done better than you or I've done more than you or I've worked harder than you so why do you have these opportunities and I don't so I think it's such a interesting topic because I want to feel supported (laughs) I keep saying it I could go on I'm gonna ramble here (laughs) well you know it's another one of those topics 
it's kind of like a, they're almost resentful, right? They're resentful of, let's not use the word jealousy. Let's use the word like resentful of the fact that somebody else has success and maybe they feel that they are warranted similar success or something like that. So, but yes, yeah, yeah. it is a topic that one could certainly dwell on for quite some time. <laughs> so again, another long-term like panel discussion. So we've, we've come up with two panel discussions in the course <laughs> of, you know, 30 minutes, which is great. So, all right. Well, this is a great place for us to take a short break here from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is Chatting with Nat, and we will be right back on the Sim Radio Network with Mixing It with Nikki Chris. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back. I'm mixing it with Nikki Chris on the Sam Radio Network. And my guest, Lindsay Benjamin. You're a songwriter, and I'm sure that you have collaborated with a lot of people. But what does collaboration actually really mean to you? Collaboration comes from the heart. Uh, I think that collaborating when it's meaningful is more of a cool experience than collaborating just to collaborate. I try to be pretty selective on the projects I do choose to collaborate on because you have to have an intention for going into it, and not every project is necessarily a good project. It might not be good for your brand. It might not be good for your goals. So collaboration means partnership, relationship. It means having an intention and going for the gold together with someone and trying to help each other succeed. The problem with collaboration is that if one person is not really helping the collaboration once it's out there and you need marketing, then the collaboration falls apart. So it takes two oh, to tangle yeah. if it's a two-person project. They're like, I want to work with you. I'd love to work with you. And then they either flake or if they do work with you, they don't finish the project or they don't put their all into the project. So a collaboration takes more than just you to be excited about it. The other parties need to be excited too, or else it, it, it just won't work. Yes, I have definitely seen that and can totally relate. And also, too, what you decide to, to do with the collaboration, because I, I have a lot of co-writes with people, and I may not necessarily, you know, record those songs, right? So then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, what do we do with this, right? We've co-written this song do we chop it around, see if somebody else wants to do it? And, you know, you hang out as the songwriter and let just somebody else release it, that type of thing. So it's, it's having the understanding, too, with that collaborator on what you're trying to accomplish, what's mm-hmm. the end goal. Yeah. I think that's important also. Yeah, and it, it could also be like you can do a project with someone and not – want to put it out anywhere. I mean, there are just some passion projects that people want help with that 
you can be kind of a silent partner with them, and you don't even have to put it out if that's not what the other person wants. But like you said, you kind of have to know where it's going to go once you're completed. Do you think that collaboration, and I heard this recently, and I'm just curious. So people think that when you are, let's say you're an unknown artist, such as myself, and I'm kind of eagerly trying to find all these collaborations, once you get to a point where you're, I guess, famous or a higher level where a lot of people know you, do you think the collaborations don't become as necessary? Because I had a friend who was so upset. They felt that people weren't being collaborative in the local music scenes in their community. And I kind of felt like, well, maybe they're not, but I bet you if you were famous or almost to that level, you wouldn't even think about the fact that your local community members aren't being as supportive as you want them to be. I feel like there's that too, and that's part of it. There is that. That's a tough one because, to be honest, one of the things that I actually wish some of the musical professional memberships did is a better job of bringing different artists together for collaborations regardless of stature. So let's just take stature out for a bit. I'll actually, an example, you know, I belong to an organization that has very famous people as a part of it in the music industry and then not Mm -hmm. so well-known artists, right? Would it really be a bad thing if they had a workshop where they invited some of those more well-known individuals in with some of the lesser-known individuals and, and have like a songwriting retreat or where they collectively got some of the more established artists, you know, hey, would you be willing to, you know, be a mentor to somebody in this field that maybe hasn't had commercial success and, you know, yeah. pair people up, right? So I do think that there needs to be a little bit more of that because I do feel, and and it's not just a local statement, I do think that there definitely is a haves and have nots mentality in many instances, right? Yeah. I don't think collaborations ever need to stop. I mean, you see it all the time. Like there's releases all the time where even well-known artists collaborate with other artists. In my opinion, you have to continue to collaborate all the time if you want to continue to grow because everybody new that you work with is going to bring something different to the table. I agree. I think my question was maybe, I think how I phrase it, but I, I agree. I think collaboration is super important. I guess I was just more so curious if you think a lot of that comes from ego. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely do think there could be ego involved. Yes, totally. I'm not going to do this because I'm better than them, or I don't need to collaborate with anybody because I've already made it. Oh, definitely, definitely think there's ego involved because I can actually tell you I know people like that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, I do. I, I know people right? That they're like, well, I'm, I'm higher up than you on the food chain. I don't need to work with you. Who are you? 
But that's where I think it's important. That <laughs> so some, sad. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I know it is yeah. really sad, but that's where I think it's really important that some of these organizations that exist out there, that they actually provide opportunities where artists can work with other artists that are willing. I mean, you're not everybody wants to do it. It's fine. You can't force them mm-hmm. because a forced collaboration will never work anyway. But so what? Yeah, and of course. So be it. Who needs them? Right? <laughs> Who needs them? <laughs> Who needs them? <laughs> not, not. All right. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Songwriting tip or trick to share. It is a question that I ask all of my songwriters because everybody has something that they can share out into the realm of songwriting. So do you have a songwriting tip or trick that maybe you would like to share with some of our budding songwriters? Oh, gosh. Songwriting tips or tricks. I still need some songwriting tips and tricks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I would like to say... You don't always have to rhyme Not everything needs to rhyme And not everything needs to be on A classic rhythm You can kind of be off rhythm Make it more interesting Musically Lyrically Have fun Feel inspired by the world And try not to put yourself in a box And I guess just have fun I I think my writing just personally comes comes to me. I don't have any sort of normal way that I do it. I kind of write what I'm feeling and go from there and view it as a story, and then I turn it into a song. Awesome. Those are great, and you're my kind. Yeah, but you're my kind of songwriter because I have struggled with certain ways in certain genres, and I will say it is very genre-specific because there are certain genres where everything is very cookie-cutter. struggle when I have to write that way because I'm like, gosh, there's no originality here. You know, why can't I <laughs> Why can't I go off and have, like, three verses? Why do I have to do this prayer? Why can't I start the song with the chorus? When, when, why do I have to rhyme? So I love that. <laughs> Those are great tips, awesome tips. Okay, let's talk about Never Gonna Be. Tell us a little bit about that song and how it came together, because this seems like it's a bigger production than the previous song that we shared. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Never Gonna Be came from the idea of being in a a circle and a square box, right? So the idea of fitting into this whole life, the stereotypical life that a lot of people feel need to be fit in like getting the eight to five desk job or whatever the whatever type of job that's Monday through Friday and you make your money and then you go home and you cook dinner and you get married you have kids and that's it and that's kind of where it came from because I grew up in a family that although they were always very supportive of my dreams there was also that fear of, oh, this is so nice what you're doing. <laughs> so it was have a plan B, and you can keep pursuing it, but you need to be able to pay your bills, have a roof over your head. So the song is about the fact that I'm just never going to be this person that I feel like I was trying to be for so long. I felt like I was always trying to be this person that I wasn't. I was trying to please everyone else. 
and make everyone else happy, but I just wasn't happy. So I have had a longer journey of self-discovery, and I'm still in self-discovery, but I'm definitely a lot happier choosing to just be who I am and not what others wanted me to be. I love that. It's an awesome message, and it is another awesome tune. So let's play it for everybody. This is Never Gonna Be by Lindsay Benjamin. mental health challenges and things like that. 
And it sounds like you're continuing self-discovery, which I absolutely love. I love hearing that. I love hearing people searching for their true authentic self. I think it is very, very important. Is there anything else in regard to mental health challenges, mental health struggles, or anything that you maybe personally would like to share with our listeners? Just don't give up on yourself. If you're feeling like you're struggling and you're in a place of darkness and you feel like you want to give up because you're tired, just keep going. Keep pushing because when you come out of it, and you will, you will be so much stronger for it. And I know it's hard in the moment, but that darkness will drive you into the light. And, you know, if you have support around you or, or you need to go out and find support, then do it. But sitting down and expecting something to come to you, and it's just not going to happen. Sometimes you have to fight for yourself. And through that, it just keeps getting better and better. Very well said. Very well said. Okay. Any last words that you would like to share with our listeners? How about where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram, uh, underscore Lindsay Benjamin, underscore. You can find my music videos on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, you can do some Googling. <laughs> you can pretty much find me on all the platforms. All right. Well, I'd like to thank my wonderful guest, Lindsay Benjamin, for taking the time to chat with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to share you, thank you. and your music with our listeners. You're quite <laughs> welcome. I'm really excited that we had you on the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Mixing It. On behalf of all of us here at Sim Radio, until next time, keep on mixing it.